0: Welcome to Stories Told by Friends. I'm your host, Dave Dirksen, and today we hear a remarkable account shared by my friend, Pete. Who was
1: leading us? He says, me. And where were you? You were in the back or you were at home, he said to him. If I wanted to, he said, I could cut you up into pieces. He said, Momaga, he said, but I won't.
0: This is the second of a two-part series with Pete. In part one, he helped me to understand the importance of stories. Today, he demonstrates the power of storytelling. I'm so glad you have joined me. Let's listen. So you tell stories both that have been told to you that you've, you've learned and, and that you uh, feel comfortable telling once you know them well. And then, and then you tell your own stories as well. Tell me a little bit about the stories that you tell when you bring them from your own life.
1: Well, um, it it all depends and all depends on uh, what it is that uh, certain people or or people want to know. You know, I've told I've told uh, stories about my own, my own way of knowing and my own way, my own journey, I guess you want to call it. And how how that uh, when I tell this one story about my own, my own journey. I talk about how, how that, uh, why I, I am where I am today and how I got to be here. And, um, you know, within that story, and I've been told this a number of times where s- staff members or whomever I tell the story to have gotten, have picked up some things from that story, whether it's, uh, it's changing their perspective or whether it's changing the way they do things in the classroom or or even just wanting to learn more and wanting to know more about, about First Nations people. They're, they're, like I said, there's so there's that there's that personal story that I that I've told many times. Uh, there are some stories. For example, my, my my dad has told me some stories about about our people. Um, the story that I always talk about is also my my where I get my name from. And so um, just recently, I, I, told a little, I told that story, a little bit about that story to uh, one of the schools here in a virtual assembly, because February was Storytelling Month. And so, so uh, and I told that story, I told about how uh, my last name is Chief. And so um, my, where I get my last name is, is uh, from uh, my great-great-grandfather and his name was, is his name was Sigasquitz. Uh, and so um, at the time of treaty signing in 1876 in Fort Pitt, he signed on behalf of our people. He signed Treaty 6. At that time, the Crown's representatives couldn't pronounce his name. And so uh, they didn't give him a... A European or a Christian name, like many others that they, they did. They just said to him that because you are a chief, you can still have your name of Chief Sigas, but your descendants will have the last name Chief. And so, my the first one was uh, his son. His son was Missy Hale, was his name. And but he was given a Christian name. So his name was Robert. He was the first one of all of our family, Robert Chief, and then from there, everyone became Chief. So that's how I got to uh, I got my my uh, my last name Chief, and um, but within that time of of 1876, and this is a story that my family has had about what had happened. In 1885, I should say, because my great-great-grandfather was, was, uh, was killed in uh, the last skirmish in steel narrows between steel scouts and our people. And so um, he, uh, you know, there, was a, there were stories about how uh, what he fought for. Actually, he didn't fight what he believed in. And for, for many years, and we all know of, uh, you know, Big Bear and Wandering Spirit, about what had happened in Frog Lake.
0: Just a quick bit of background. In April 1885, in Frog Lake, violence erupted. Big Bear's Cree Band seized the trading post, resulting in the death of nine settlers. The Canadian government sent Steel Scouts, a militia group from Alberta, to assert its authority in the area now back to the story
1: and so uh, but there was a family story about how and it was it wasn't the story has been in our family and it wasn't told until 1989 and the reason why it wasn't in 1989 it was told in public it was a there was a um there was an assembly back home where a treaty 6 a treaty gathering they all came to, uh, to, and I remember that in 1989 when they had this treaty gathering. And that's where my grandfathers actually spoke and told a story about my great-great-grandfather. You know, and he, they, they talk about it. and I heard this story since I, like I was a kid. They talk about how he, what he believed and what he had signed the treaties, the treaty for. He believed that why he was signing the treaties was to walk alongside he says, to walk alongside with our brother and sisters. And so that's what he had believed that he was signing. But what happened in Frog Lake, he was opposed to that. He was opposed to it. And it wasn't until the book, Loyal Till Death. I'm not sure if you know that book. There's a book that was uh, released about uh, by Bill Wazer and Stonechild. Yeah, Loyal Till Death. So that in that book, our. My great great grandfather's story is in there now. It was, that was the first time it actually been written, where he was opposed to what was happening, and so the story that uh, I'll just briefly tell you the story about how that day that day unfolded. So where it happened was Frog Lake, and Frog Lake is about it's about uh, an hour. Well, not even an hour. It's about it's about a twenty minute. Tournament ride now, but it's it's about a three-hour horse buggy ride back then from Onion Lake. It's just the next community over, northwest of Onion Lake. Anyway, at the time when this is when this all happened in Frog Lake, Sigaskuts went to Frog Lake to go see what had taken place. In there, they had a council. Big Bear, um, all these other chiefs were there as well. And they were going to talk about what had taken place, what had the, the killing at howry happened, and so he get he goes there and he, he wanted to uh, he wanted to see what was happening, and so he spoke up. He spoke up about 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 uh, that he did not he was opposed to this. He did not like what had happened here. See, Segascoz also had. Uh, in history books, you sometimes you'll, he's referred to as chief cutter because he had right here, just below this elbow, it was cut off and he used to wrap that with a blanket. And so anyway, here was at this, at this, this, this uh, gathering, they were talking about each, each leader was going to talk about what to do now, what's going to happen. And so I guess Chief Sigascut st- stood up, it was his turn to speak and he talks, he, t- he said that this shouldn't have happened. This is not what we signed the treaties for. And then he also said that he himself was gonna take his own people and go to the traditional hunting grounds. And so Wandering spirit took offense to this and wandering spirit got up, and he he pointed his uh, rifle to him. And Sigascoot took his. I uh, used to always have a a long uh, 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 used to have a knife, a long like a uh, almost like his guess a like a Bowie knife sort of thing. He took that out, and he pushed the gun aside. And then he and then he pointed he pointed at. Wandering spirit, and he said, "Moengustin," He says, I'm not afraid of you. When we went to battle with the Blackfoots, where were you? He told him. He said, Who was leading us? He says, Me. And where were you? You were in the back or you were at home? He said to him. If I wanted to, he said, I could cut you up into pieces. He said, "Mumaga." He said, but I won't. And then so then he he direct, then he talked to Big Bear because that was Big Bear's uh, warrior, and he told him, he said, "Me, I'm going to take my people. I'm not. This is this shouldn't have happened. The the Crown's army." They're going to come, he says, the, the, the police, the army are going to come and they're not going to ask us questions for what has happened here, he said. And so, um, you know, um, so, one, and then, so that's when, um, and that in that meeting, it was told that uh, we knew the story that wandering spirit took offense to what Sagaskutz did in front of everyone. And so, um, he told him that, you know, um, I don't like it that you, you're, you're offending me, you know, for what I did here. And so, you know, it's, uh, and and the rest, you know, as, 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 as they were given chase, what happened was Sagaskutz went back to, um, Onion Lake back to our community. And because the next thing that was supposed to happen was wandering spirit and their warriors were supposed to come to Onion Lake and do the same in that community. They were going to do, you know, they were the farming instructor, the Indian agent and all of them, they were going to do the same thing what they did in Frog Lake. But Sagaskutz uh, came back and uh, escorted the family of the farming instructor of George Mann and that family to safety to Fort Pitt. And so they were spared. I remember uh, meeting uh, the descendants of George Mann. In fact, their family still farms, uh, not too far from us. And uh, the gentleman that I met uh, talks about how, um, how he used to know that his descendants, his family were spared by friendly Indians, he says. And I said, "Yeah, it was actually written in history as as like that." I said, "But you know, those those friendly Indians were was us." I said, "That's my family." I said, "My great great grandfather was the one," and he couldn't believe it. And so that's when he wanted to know more about the stories, about uh, how they were spared and what had happened during that whole 1885. And so, um, but yeah, unfortunately, my great great grandfather didn't like. This whole story that I'm telling, I'm kind of cutting it short, but they ended up uh, being chased up into steel narrows. And uh, along the way, you know, they were eluding uh, the steel scouts. And my great-grandfather told told us, I remember this, told uh, the story about how at one point along the way, we uh, we, the Cree, he was saying that, there was an opportunity for us to to uh, to kill them off, to kill not kill all of them, but to to uh, swoop down on the on the steel scouts. But we didn't. We didn't want to do that. You know, we just wanted to get them to back off. So we fired some shots above them, not at them. You know, and then but um, but at the time they still gave chase, and then eventually they were. Uh, Got caught up in Steel Narrows, and that's where my my uh, my great grandfather, great uh, great grandfather, was shot. And he was uh, by a, they say by a stray bullet. And but there's another story to that too about about how that all took place. Yeah. So, but yeah, it's uh, you know stories. Uh, like I say, there's so there's so many stories that, I, that uh, about who I am. And how how I uh, how I got to be where I'm at, and it's it starts from way back when, and uh, and it's uh, yeah, it's just uh, I guess just a little bit about about who I am.
0: Thank you so much for sharing who you are through that astonishingly dramatic and significant story from your past and your family's past. So appreciate you being here. I'm so grateful to Pete for sharing such a powerful and important story from his family history. And I'm also grateful to you for listening. So thank you, and I hope you'll join me again for stories told by friends. Hey, if you have questions or want to comment on what you've heard, feel free to send me your responses. Our email is stories told by friends, all one word, at gmail.com. Or you can leave a voice message on our old answering machine at 306-665-3101. Please include your name and where you're from, and we might use your responses on the show.